This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Good morning and welcome to summer. Well, okay, it's not, but it was 67, 68 degrees yesterday. And if you were outside, it felt like summer. It felt spectacular. It's going to be 64 today, 65 tomorrow. I'm telling you, man, stolen days. You can't get 30s in July, but you can get this now, and it is an absolute blessing. I'm Rick Corey in the other room, and there is uh, Bryce Hulls. Did you get outside any yesterday? I did. I uh, went to Osaka with a couple of friends. Oh, you were down the street from me. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, one of them uh, just got done with like a fast that he's been doing for yeah. a month, and so we were celebrating eating real food um, <laughs> on his on his behalf. But uh, yeah, on the way there, I was thinking like, or when I were about to leave, I was like, oh, I, I can just wear this T-shirt, you know? Like I don't need to put on a jacket or mm-hmm. anything. I mean. It's, it's something I'm not used to. It was so. awfully very nice. So tell me, I, okay, now I'm fascinated. Tell me about the fast. How did it go, his fast? When, what did he have during the fast? Because you can't fast fast. See, that's, that's the thing. It's more so what, like, what could he have mm-hmm. with the stuff that he was talking about? Because he was talking about, uh, like, you, like, you can't drink, uh, no carbs, uh, a lot of different meats that he couldn't have. So, I mean, I, I, all I had in my head is that he's just eating salad every day. Which I would assume going to Osaka after all of that, I mean, his insides had to have been thinking like, "What, what new are thing you is doing this?" To yeah, me? honestly, <laughs> even though it tasted good, I'm sure it felt good. Yeah, uh, maybe not felt good later. Did you have a table full of other people? It was three of us on one side, and then eventually a mother and her two kids came on the other side. How so were they? Were they all right? They were good. They were actually well behaved. <laughs> I, I I thought that to myself, and I was like, "Wow, that's another one of those things that like I'm getting older." Is that I, I look at like little kids and go, "Wow, they're so well behaved. Look at them." And you stop to tell the parents, "Hey, they're really nice kids." Yeah. Okay. She's like, "How old are you?" Like, you're, yeah, you're really close to carrying two dollar bills and handing them out to young people, right? That's yeah. the creepy guy with butterscotches and things like that. Yeah, watch out right there. Uh, yeah. Yes. See, I can't, as an introvert, going to a place like that, I can't, I, it's really mm-hmm. hard for me. Yeah. Now, I've got, you know, when Delaney was still home, there were four of us. So, you know, that, that helped because we could kind of stage, if you will, around the, mm-hmm. around the thing. I'm not good at that. Yeah. I'm really not. In front of a crowd or a microphone, I'm fine. You put me in, a, in something like that, and I'm horribly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've gone before because my girls and my wife love it, uh, and it's just hard for me. Fortunately, there's not a lot of you know happy talk because the chef gets there and starts the entertainment if you mm-hmm. will and then you're eating and then you leave yeah but there you know those awkward moments depending on and my wife will talk to anyone <laughs> in any at a drop of a hat she will talk to any human mm-hmm. and she does so she'll just start asking life stories and things like that and I just oh you know God bless her it's nothing nothing against that I'm just that's just not me and yeah. it drives me mm-hmm. crazy so I I go there occasionally. Nothing against the place. I think the place is fun, but I have a really hard time, yeah. hard time with that. And yeah, it's uh, that thing. We, we lucked out to have like some space in between. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, nothing against the people, of course, or any yeah, of those kinds right. of things. And it is always a lot of fun. I you remember the, the original ones, which were in Osaka. They were, what was it called? Shogun? Yeah, Shogun. Mm-hmm. The original one here. First time I'd gone to one of those here and it was just like, wow, it's magic. <laughs> it was <laughs> <Right>. really cool. <laughs> All right. So we got a sports show to do here at 6.03 this morning. Uh, and, you know, we've still got time before the Super Bowl. We know all that. 
But we started to get some kind of fun stories yesterday, and we're still following up from the games the other day. And then we had NBA last night. We got a lot of college basketball. Uh, we got news out of Las Vegas. Oklahoma got somebody out of the transfer portal. Uh, Russia was stripped of another medal. Hey, what else is new, right? Uh, <clears throat> it's just kind of the day. That's how things go. So there are things for us to do and talk about here today on the Blitz 1170. Hope want you to join us on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918 262 5072. We'll do all that here as we roll through the day. Plus, I've got some stuff to give away. We have some, you know, this is how you know you've been in Tulsa a long time, is at some point during January, you go, wait a minute, isn't it almost time for the Daryl Starbird show? Uh, of course. <laughs> and it's, honestly, you think to yourself, oh, there's a gun show because it's a weekend. Uh, but there's also, isn't it Daryl Starbird, or Darryl, not Starbird, but Daryl Starbird's show coming up? And it does. It comes up, you know, generally in that end of August, February type thing. And so we have some tickets to give away to that. It is middle of February over at SageNet, largest car show in the country. And we're going to give away some stuff about uh, that today as well. Got some tickets to give away, I believe, in there. So all that to happen here today on the Blitz 1170. Yesterday, <clears throat> what I was fo- trying to follow was anything new coming out of, you know, over the weekends, the games and the injuries that we start to hear about. or And that generally wouldn't happen, but you never know. And you know, with the Chiefs, they've got the thing with Kadarius Tony, and you know, then there's then there's things pop up afterwards, uh, like it was, uh, I think it was was it Pacheco who had the um, ladybug on issue. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, we'll have to get into that one too. Uh, that one, the wife found, Christine found, and she said, "Hey, have you seen this?" And I hadn't, and it was him doing an interview. <clears throat> I think it was Pacheco. I'll, have to, I'll go back and check to make sure. Doing an interview after the game, and their good luck sign apparently was, I, you know, I, I found a ladybug on my shoe. And if there's a ladybug on your shoe, that's that's a good luck sign. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have a couple of uh, sound bites here from <clears throat> Jason Kelsey, who was at the game, wandering around, and people were talking to him. He, our friend Harold from Kansas City had a yeah. chance to visit with him. Uh, the ticket prices for the Super Bowl are out. <laughs> Ten Rather, grand. Oh my god! Ten grand right now in Seat Geek is the cheapest seat. Now that was last night, so I mean I haven't looked again yet this morning, but I, I will because you know things will happen and change and it'll morph yeah. as we go along. But it's still going to be really, really expensive. And as we've said before, there are some things in in your life and my life that without winning a seat. Or having a job with the team, we're likely never going to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know in our situation if we applied for credentials. I think we'd probably be denied. Yeah, I mean, you might believe that. Well, all you have to do is apply for a media credential, no matter what. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. You got to have some kind of a reason or tie or connection. Now, you could apply for a credential and say, "Look, there are what is it? Six Oklahoma players, former Oklahoma players, one Oklahoma State player." Uh, out there, and they're going to play in this game, so we're going out to do that. You might get approved based on that, mm-hmm. uh, and so maybe it'll maybe you'd be mm-hmm. able to get yourself approved to go, but it wouldn't be easy. And no. uh, all this to say that really the best seat really is in your house. Oh, yeah. uh, and, <clears throat> I mean, if it's a dream and you want to spend that twenty grand, which is you know by the end of the day, considering travel and food and tickets and you know anything you do in the stadium and all that you're probably going to get close to that especially if the tickets stay as they are right now which is nearly 10 grand not that i wouldn't go it'd be fun to go once you know bucket list item yeah once you get there though you know to me that's not a bucket list because it's almost unrealistic it's it's too it's too far away basically Yeah, there's just something about that. It seems, I guess maybe it's just my my years in this business, 
I've covered a lot of stuff. I mean, I've been to World Series. I've covered those things, major major sporting events, you know, championships. I've done that. You know, I've I've done that. I've and I. It seems like all right. Well, if, that would just be the kind of a next thing that you would do, or it'd be in your in your grouping. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's never been a bucket list for me. And I think it's probably because of the hassle. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like recently, especially. That the, it's become almost oh. a corporate, mm-hmm. it's become like a corporate event, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of not really having just like a bunch of just real fans. No, out I don't there. think there's a story last year that there were all, I don't think there were, I mean, there are fans there, obviously. Yeah. But the average person off the street who might on a Thursday go, hey, let's run out to the game on Saturday, obviously can't happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan years in advance. And some people do, because you'll see the stories of the, you know, the three guys or four guys who've been to every Super Bowl together. Yeah, see that. It was four, and I think last year it was down to three. But mm-hmm. so you see those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. How they work that out, I don't have a clue. Maybe because they've already they've always done it. Yeah. Maybe it's like a you know, a regular team and you get a you know, a renewal, uh, something along those lines. But you still have to pay the money and do do the stuff. But for every for the rest of us, no, it's it's you know, it's become that thing. It's become nothing more than a corporate event where you know the people who've got you know who are spending money on commercials or whatever are the ones who are going to be able to go. And quite honestly, as much as you want, you know, once you get inside, if you want to go to Vegas to you know, that's fun. If you want to go see the stadium, that's fun. And once you get in, it's a football game. Yeah. yeah and, and yes, it's a high level football game because it's the Super Bowl, but it's a football game. It is the most viewed thing on television every year, always. And it, they are, what, 47 of the top 50 programs of all time are Super Bowls. Mm. They're the top 47, I think it's 47 or 48, the top 50 viewing events on television in history in the United States are Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how much attention it gets. But honestly, there's some stuff that you would get being there, certainly that you wouldn't get at home. But when you're home, and as I wasn't really kidding, the pregame starts like today. I mean, we yeah. understand that all the stuff they do, especially that day, you, you can't see that in the stadium. And sitting at home, you get a chance to see a lot of stuff that's pre-done and pre-produced that's, that's really, a, a lot of times, very interesting and kind of cool. All that to say, you're probably not going. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are. Yeah, and I don't even know what would happen if we applied. You know, maybe we'd get maybe we'd get passes. I don't know. I, I just would be interesting to find. You can't you can't grab them all. We're going to put them. You know, that's it, the thing. I mean, how many other radio stations across the country could just be like? Well, not just radio, television, and television radio, internet, and, bloggers, you know, vlog, whatever. You know, somebody who has a, a you know a, you know a podcast, whatever. And I'm and look, I'm not. I'm not saying those people shouldn't go. I'm just saying, yeah, I think the biggest media event, oh, well, anytime I covered three conventions, and obviously the world was there, literally. I mean, our uh, our booth in St. Paul for that Republican convention was next to Al Jazeera. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, th- I mean, that's, everyone's there. The world's yeah. there. The BBC's there. The Australian, uh, they're all there. You know, and so those kinds of events, some of the EF5 tornadoes I've covered, when you get there, you find most of the world is there, or mm-hmm. most of the United States is there, certainly. I mean, I was on an Australian radio station when I was covering more because oh. they called me. I mean, those kinds of events are huge. But I'm thinking in a sporting event, let's see, I covered the World Series, and there were probably, I think I was told, about 2,000 media seats. Which a lot of people. Is that with the Royals? Yeah, Royals Cardinals in 85. And I think they told me it was about 2,000 to 2,100 media. And so we were spread out all over the place. Like they they couldn't put us in the press box. My seat was out in the stands. 
and I was fine with that. You know, I, yeah. all I need is you know is a, a pad and a pen. That's all I really literally needed to make the notes I needed to go get what I needed after the game. It was the access that was most important, and the access was when I mean, we could get in the press box, we could go up there, but we weren't allowed to stay because there was no room. And it's just not big enough. I mean, that stadium, even Kaufman, you know, holds what thirty. Almost 40, something like that. Yeah. I mean, the new Vegas stadium they're building downtown is only going to hold 30. And that's kind of what they're mm-hmm. doing. You know, build 35 to 40, fill it, you know, most of the time. Because it's Major League Baseball. And the, yeah. the honest truth is, during the regular season on a Thursday, it's not full. I oh, mean, gosh. unless it's Yankees, Mets, or something like that. You know, the, most right. of those stadiums aren't full. So you can't, you know, can't peak always. And they understand that. And I think we went up. I, I went in the box once for something. Otherwise... My seat was behind the home plate. I mean, so yeah. I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't bitching. Yeah. <laughs> and when you got there, because they didn't want you wandering upstairs a lot, when you got there, all your stuff was in your seat. So they, you know, if, if there was a gift that day, it was in your seat. If there was lunch, it was in your seat. Mm-hmm. You know, they were serving the very, very famous Stroud's chicken, which okay. is something that used to you go almost to where seventy one ends. It was under a little bridge. It was kind of this ugly little place, and my God, it was good. <laughs> and you get to your seat, and there was a little box of Stroud's chicken, you know, yeah. in your seat. If if it had been stolen by somebody who tried to get uh, in there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I was, how good it is. Yeah, but I think it was about two grand. And so I can't imagine. We'll have to Google that and see how many people are doing that. Uh, how many people are going to be there? What the media access is to the Super Bowl? And there may be some who. You know, go and can't even get in the bill in this in the stadium and end up, you know, somewhere else. And I've never been in that new stadium in Vegas. I have no idea how it's laid out. Some of the older ones have bigger areas like that. Nowadays, when they build the newer venues, especially when it comes to say luxury boxes and things, they dominate that, and media gets moved. And I'm I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I've said before when I broadcast Union's games a couple of times down at uh, Dallas Cowboy Stadium, we were in the end. Our broadcast booth was the far corner of an end zone i cannot tell you which one i don't remember and besides <laughs> and it, once you're inside it's just a football field right yeah but we were in the far corner and as i mentioned that the play that won the game or ended the game in that game against south lake carroll uh was in the far other corner of the end zone the farthest point yeah from- and i mean i was 200 plus yards away literally as the crow flies and couldn't see anything other than the big screen thank god for it yeah and that's literally what I did the playoff of because all I could see out there were, you know, ants uh-huh. <laughs> running around uh, on the field. And so those kinds of things, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, Brad Sham will tell you, he doesn't have a center box. You know, Dan Horton, Cincinnati, will tell you he's really blessed because his broadcast booth, which is also where we broadcast college football, it's right next to theirs, is at about the 10-yard line. Mm-hmm. Um when you're going to the University of Cincinnati. But over at the Bengals, he said he's still at like the 20-yard line, and at least he's there, which most aren't now. And I don't, and I understand. Media didn't pay for a damn thing. You want to put us in the end zone? Put us in the end zone. Don't care. <clears throat> yep. it's, it, you know, I'm not one of those. But it just means it's, it's different now. And so that, that stadium out there, don't know what they built. But I think it'll be really uh, fun to kind of go into some of those numbers and we'll do that here in the next couple of weeks as well. Plus, Mick Wilson will be with us today. He's the athletic director at Tulsa Public Schools. We visit with him monthly. All right, some other things we're going we're gonna to get into today. Uh, Joe Gillespie has a new job. The former Tulsa defensive coordinator spent a little time down at TCU and then got let go, which eh. seemed odd. Yeah, well, it did to me a little bit. Um, so we're going to have a little bit more about that. As I mentioned, Oklahoma's got somebody else out of the portal. Uh, I mean, I've got some more Patrick Mahomes numbers. I, we had a text here after we'd left yesterday, I think maybe for the afternoon, guys, and all it says is Mahomes might be Brady-esque. And we gave you enough numbers yesterday to tell you that he's really gone beyond Brady. 
Yeah. Uh, and we'll give you some more of those as we go through the days. Um, and and the, one of the things yesterday, there was a, a period of time from about, oh, I'm going to guess it was about 345 until 420 when I was sitting there doing show prep and all I could find, all I could find was Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey hugging each other and then about 60 different versions of the audio. Oh, yeah. Of what was said. And then of her and Mama Kelsey walking off, trying to find Papa Kelsey, and they were making a they. Social media was making a huge deal out of a Taylor Swift turn around and going, where's Dad? And she was talking about Mr. Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, and that was a fl- Oh, man, they were all <laughs> we a tizzy. Can, we can take that. All a tizzy. <laughs> oh, man. It launched. So we, I'll have a little bit of that audio for you and just see whether or not maybe that can help. And then I found something yesterday on social media, and I didn't remember this, and it disappoints me. I'll tell you when we come back. There was a TV show. I'll play it for you when we come back. There was a TV show that in 2001 answered the question, can you get from Tokyo to the U.S. in time for something? And I have the audio. It happens to be one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I'm disappointed in myself for not remembering, (laughs) but I found it, and I'm going to play it. Plus, we have... Some Mike Boynton today as Oklahoma State prepares to go up to Kansas. Hey, easy, right? (laughs) And then as Oklahoma prepares to go to Kansas State, we'll have a little Porter Mosier. All that thunder loss last night, we'll have some of that too. All of it today right here on the Blitz 1170. All right, you join us. Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line 918-262-5072. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey, and this is the Blitz on a Tuesday. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. As Rick just said, there's local college basketball tonight as the Oklahoma State Cowboys will be on the road in Lawrence to take on the eighth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. The Cowboys haven't won in Allen Fieldhouse since Mike Boynton's first season in 2018. Pre-game starts at 7 with an 8 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it right here on the Blitz 1170. The 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be making the trip up north as well as they'll be at Kansas State to face the Wildcats. Tip-off for that one is at 7 o'clock. And there's another Big 12 basketball game tonight that includes a matchup of ranked teams as 15th-ranked Texas Tech will be at 25th-ranked TCU. That one tips off at 6. That's the window roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. I would love to hear some opinions from you. A couple things that, you know what? I know when I say this, some people are going to go, oh, shut up. And some people are going to say, there's going to be an I'm tired of this, blah, blah, blah. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding. By the way, Bryce Hulse in the next room. Bryce is staring intently right now at our, <laughs> our price sheet to make sure. Do we have what we thought? No, I'm looking for the link that Pop gave me that yeah. has that has it on gotcha. there. So All I'm still right. searching. He's still looking. All right. So yesterday, as I mentioned, there was a time period when when I was doing show prep, which is what I mean. Really, literally, if you're doing what we do for a living, everything, everything. Jeremy said that to, when <laughs> when Bryce became full time or is becoming full time, he said, "Look, everything in your from this life from this point on is show prep, and it is from this point until you get out of radio. Everything you do is show prep. Driving down the street when you're sitting at home." And so I'm reading through a lot of social media and just stuff as I'm sitting around the house and trying to decide and pick and choose the things we're going to talk about the next day. And there really literally was about a 45-minute to an hour period where there was nothing but Taylor Swift. 
It was nothing but. And it was <clears throat> it was not all minus. It was or not it was not all negative. It was not all positive. Some of it was about there was a lot of it about the audio, yes, you know, of her when she goes down on the field and she hugs Travis Kelsey and you can hear what they say to each other. And then her with Mom and Kelsey and all that. But then there were there was an awful lot of, well, I hate this. It's really bad for the NFL, and it's bad for everything. And then there was a lot of, no, it's not. There was a whole period of that time. And, you know, as we had a text yesterday from Gary Ann who said, I'm just so tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of Taylor Swift. Well, <laughs> there's an old uh, saying, don't hate the player, hate the game. And mm. in this case, it's not her fault. She's just, you know, become enamored or dating you know, a guy who happens to be a high-level superstar. She's a high-level superstar, the most, I mean, arguably, one of, the, one of, if not the most recognizable artist in the world. And I, I'm not a huge fan of the music, but, I mean, I don't have, I don't, well, that's not true. I have one of her songs on a playlist, and oh. it's, it's actually from a movie. Um, it's not even very popular. It's just from a movie, <laughs> and it happened to be one I liked that I have on a playlist. So it's not like I'm, I'm a follower, but I don't understand the hatred either. I mean, I understand yeah. if you're a pure fan and you just think any distraction is bad. And I don't, I, I, I don't believe that. I believe distractions from the game and things that are outside the game that can kind of give an extra interest to any group of people is good. Right? For instance, when Nickelodeon started doing their games, I thought that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Right? And there were people, oh, and that's one of the reasons they separated it out. And had it, you know, so that you could see that differently if you wanted to. And even had announcers. You can avoid it if you want. Yeah, and even had announcers for it. Yeah. And you know what? We went over and watched the early game this year with the announcers, and it was more fun than the other broadcasts. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And there are no kids in my house, but then, I mean, <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm an idiot. And I'm a huge SpongeBob fan, too. So occasionally something there would pop go. up that looked like SpongeBob, uh, and I'd be very happy with it. Uh, so I don't have a problem with that. But I know people who do. And I know people are like, oh, I'm tired of I'm tired of I'm tired of her. Well, it's not her fault they show her. The other mm-hmm. thing that made the rounds yesterday was what I told you about yesterday morning, the shot of her when you can clearly read her lips saying, please go away. <laughs> Which, hey, look, she, she can't help being Taylor Swift. She, she is who she is. And she's there to see a game and her boyfriend. And then she's consistently, even though we, we pointed out, you know, it's literally seconds in a game that she's actually shown, but those seconds in a game suck all the oxygen out of everything. And the people blame her for it. Well, don't blame the network who wants to show her or don't blame anybody. It's 34 seconds in a game. (laughs) I mean, we could probably all put up with that. I mean, if we're literally in a place where we can't take 34 seconds, then we probably need a serious reevaluation of our own lives. So yeah, do you like it? Maybe not. But I saw a lot of stuff yesterday, including, I mean, there was a time when that's all I could find, including some that I went, you know what, I didn't even thought of that, and it made great mm-hmm. sense. And I'll, I'll get into some of that as well today. But, you know, I, I, I would like to hear your opinion, and I think I know what it's going to be, 918-262-5072, and I know we already had the one yesterday. I mean, do you blame her? Do you, do you like it? Do you think it's stupid? Do you understand that somewhere this is connecting people? I saw one. I saw a tweet yesterday that said, "My daughter, who's a huge Taylor Swift fan, is from a gentleman. My daughter, who's a huge Taylor Swift fan, is now asking me about football, and there's a connection there that she's never made with me." He says that I'm enjoying. Now, you know, dads may sit down and watch football, and kids may, you know, depending on your kids. Now, mine were all well. 
my older two watched and were kind of interested, but were never quote unquote huge fans. But Delaney is a huge fan. And Delaney and I would have conversations about it. You know, she would ask me about calls after a game. Now she yeah. grew up around it, and so she there'd be times when she'd actually explain stuff in the stands to people because she understood better <laughs> than they did because she was around right, the game. Like, Where does this come from? Yeah, because she was around the game so much, and she would, you know, when we were home watching games, she'd ask me things. Why did that happen there? Why did this happen here? And we'd talk about it. She took an interest. Lindsay was a big fan but didn't really understand the game. Kelly liked it but was never, you know, it was never his thing, uh, which was mm-hmm. fine. I, I, there's not a problem with that at all. Yeah. But there are play, there are fathers and daughters, or fathers and whoever, fathers and wives, husbands and wives, who are bonding, if you will, having moments over this. Yeah. We we talk all the time about being of disconnected families. Whatever connects you, isn't it good? Yeah, I mean it should be, and we've seen it from the numbers, right? About the different age levels yep. and different. You know, just in terms of, yeah, like little girls has taken like a, a spike up yes. in NFL interest. And it's like, so certainly the NFL isn't going to care, but we should all just, you know, look at that and be okay with it. How many Travis Kelsey jerseys do you think have been sold My gosh. to families who are buying them for kids who are enamored? And if yeah. you think that doesn't help the NFL and the Chiefs and whoever, I, I the hatred... And I understand it's it's kind of who we all are now is if something that if you don't like something, you lash out. But the hatred I don't get. I truly don't. If you don't yeah. you know, if you don't like the distraction, ignore it. It's thirty four seconds. Or that's the maximum we found when we were giving you those numbers was last week. It was like thirty four seconds in a game that she was on camera. If you can't ignore thirty four seconds, then maybe it's you. <laughs> Yeah, right at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, all right. So I want to get back to this whole thing about can she make it from Tokyo? Look, she's going to go to the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd be idiots to believe she's not going to go. Yeah. And I looked up the, the, the tour schedule yesterday. That Tokyo show was is her last of three there. So she doesn't have a show for, I think, it's six days after. So it's not like she has to fly to Vegas and then turn around and, oh, my God, I've got to go somewhere else right away. So she does perform there and has an opportunity, if she even takes a couple hours after the concert and she leaves, she can get to Vegas 25 hours before the game. Mm. And and maybe she has enough time. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you don't. Maybe you actually rest a little more and you get there 10 hours for it, whatever. You don't need to be there a lot early because he's going to be with the team anyway, right? Yeah. So there's not a lot of pre-stuff, right? But yesterday, in my searching, when I was doing uh, doing my my show prep, and as I said, it wasn't you know it wasn't that I was looking for Taylor Swift stuff, but that was what was popping up. Someone said, "Hey, remember this from the West Wing?" Now, West Wing is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Take yeah. out the politics if you hate whatever. It's not that; it's the writing and the characters and all that. So, in this scene, you've got. Toby, who is, he's the chief communications officer in the White House, that Richard Schiff, I think, played that part. He's funny. He's this, you know, commercial old guy. You've got Allison Janney, who plays CJ, mm-hmm. the press secretary. You've got Rob Lowe, who, who plays a speechwriter and is funny as can be. you got Bradley Whitford, who plays the deputy chief of staff, right? He plays Josh. Yeah. And Josh is, and these are all, you know, White House employees, high level, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to discuss getting the president back from Tokyo to the U.S. in time for something. And he needs to be there the next day. And 
So you're going to hear all those voices, and here's the conversation. So it's 14 hours ahead. Yes. We're sure it's ahead and not behind? Guys, the clock's on the wall. Okay, so it's almost 11 o'clock in Tokyo. Yes. Ginger? Yeah. Okay, Larry and Ed. Anybody left in my office? We'll be in the Roosevelt room. I'm sorry, 11 in the morning, 11 in the afternoon. It's 11 a.m. The Allman Brothers, see Brady. So if it's not a story until tomorrow morning, then they're not going to have it until tomorrow night. So we bought it. Then. We bought two days. Huh? Plane ride? When does he leave? 7 p.m. Thursday. Tomorrow? Yes. Local time? Which local? There's are ours. It will be 7 p.m. Thursday in Japan when he leaves. And he lands here when? Okay, the flight is 13 hours long. This isn't happening. He's going to travel eastward from Tokyo, leaving at 7 p.m. So when he crosses the international date line... He'll have traveled back in time to what? 3 a.m. Which puts him down in Washington 6 p.m. Thursday. He's going to land in Washington an hour before he took off? Yeah. And that's not a story that beats the Surgeon General? <laughs> They're trying to get him back before a, a story breaks. Okay. Right? So that's the whole thing. But the whole point is, yes, you're actually going to land an hour before you take off. Hmm. According to the international dateline, but that you know, I don't know what date that was when that yeah. happened. But I just had to, I had to play that because it just made me laugh as soon as I saw it. Now, <clears throat> the actual truth is, she'll make it. But I thought that was really funny. Life once again can imitate art. Mm-hmm. Six thirty-three or the other way around on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Sauls. I'm Rick Corey. I'll give you a little uh, on the Thunder when, when we come back because yeah, they they got beat by the Timberwolves. Two really good high-level teams. But we have another story out of the NBA from Adam Silver, who, I'm sorry, every time I see him, I giggle. I don't know why. But Bryce (laughs) will tell you all about that coming back next here on the Blitz 1170. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Thunder lost their second game in a row as they lost at home to the Timberwolves, 107-101. to There were 24 lead changes and six ties throughout the game. SGA had 37 points for the Thunder. Jalen Williams added 20. And Anthony Edwards of the Wolves with 27. In college football, the Oklahoma Sooners got a solid pickup out of the portal as former Washington offensive lineman Gary and Hatchett has committed to OU. He started multiple games for the Huskies and will have two years of eligibility remaining. And Chiefs defensive end Charles Ominu reportedly tore his ACL in Sunday's AFC Championship victory and won't be able to play against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Aminu had a career-high seven sacks this season, his first season with the Chiefs. That's the winter world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170, and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. 639 on the Blitz 1170. I'm chuckling to myself. I'm Rick Corey along with uh, Bryce Hulse in the other room because I remember, too, I saw, did you see Brandon Ayuk's live response to the Sports Center Top 10? No. <laughs> well, you know, he made the Pretty catch solid. off the helmet, yeah. right? And he rolls and gets in the <clears throat> So he's filming. He's, he's laying in what looks like a bed, his bed, and he's watching TV. There's a TV on the wall. And he has got his live video going as he's watching the Sports Center top ten, fully expecting <laughs> oh yeah that he's going to be number one. <laughs> he gets to number two and he's number two. I'm going to have to bleep it before I play okay. it for you. He gets to number two and he's like two. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what one is, and I'm not even going to tell you, but I'll uh. play I'll play it for you. <laughs> but the video ends. Right as he's going into the second part of a words we can't say. <laughs> Doesn't that tell you just like as much as we stray into 
more of like an internet age and everything and all the different entities of you know sports and and news it's like sports center top 10 it still just holds so much of that over a player you know they're 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 just um exposed to all these different types of media entities and stuff but still at the end of the day it's like I made top 10. Like, that's always just the top thing. I've said a hundred times, and you've heard me, they're still 10-year-old boys. Yeah. And they yeah. are. And then the women playing in, in the WNBA are still 15-year-old, you know, 14-year-old girls who first go out and, you know, yeah, they make a lot of money. Yes, they've got a lot more sophistication. Well, some. <laughs> um, you know, they've got a lot more worldly experience, all those things. But they're still at their heart playing a kid's game for the same reasons. Yeah. You know, and, and so, yes, yes, there's no question. Words are different. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not as much as we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yes, yes, that is absolutely true. So we'll get that for you as well. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. All right. So we're talking basketball. How much of the Thunder did you watch or did you watch any? I, wasn't, I was only able to catch highlights. I wasn't able to watch much of the game. Yeah, I, I wasn't either. Um Really high level. You heard Mike, Mark Dagnall yeah. say that. These are the two best teams on that side, or at least it sure seems that way right now. The question I think I have had about the Thunder personally, and maybe it's, it's just me, is it's a really good level now. Can they maintain this? Right? They're young. Uh, and so you, you do wonder, is the grind of the season? Like, you know, Chet hasn't been great lately. And he had four last night. And I didn't even see his playing time. Did he have foul trouble early in that one? I'd have to check. I I don't know either. But I know that he hasn't had – I mean, he's had a couple of really good performances, but he's also had some mediocre. I mean, you're going to see Shea put up 30, 33, 37 almost every night. He's been in the league a little longer. You know, Chet's getting his – in his first full year, and he's down where he's getting pounded by, by the big guys and the bodies and occasionally the Draymond Green types. Well, when you do that, it's going to wear on you a lot quicker as a big. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, I'm wondering as we drag through this long season, how how that you know kind of holds up, if you will. Yeah. He didn't get any fouls. He played 32 minutes though. So right. I mean, he played. He played a, a significant amount, but only had four. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you have those nights, and we understand. I'm not complaining. My one issue is, can they hold that together a long time? But when you watch mm-hmm. the NBA today and you watch the Thunder, you realize. At least to me, that's the one question I have. What about you? I mean, I think that I would continue to wonder if this team still needs a a missing piece. I think that's what we always thought about is if they still need to make some that one key trade, that one more key trade, because they have so much at their um they have so much that they can give away at this point. And so that was the big question: was are they still one big trade away of getting? Um, one that I saw recently was like a Draymond Green, or not a Draymond Green, excuse me, an Andre Drummond or somebody. Uh, yeah, Draymond Green, that would be a different story, obviously. It'd be interesting. Um, it'd be pretty interesting. People would be like, what? Um, Lori Markinen, um was kind of uh, teetering on that about a possibility of being on the Thunder. And then it got to a point where they were just on fire that it was like, maybe this team is just fine the way they are. So I think that's the thing that we're maybe possibly getting back into is, are they still needing a a key mature piece and you think that mature piece is an enforcer type maybe somebody that like i still think like the offense should flow through you know a guy like sga and then Jalen williams has been a good go-to at that second spot um i I think more so 
possibly finding a guy that can be down there with Chet, but more sure. And of course, Andre Drummond is just a rebound machine. Um, some guy that's almost, like more of a veteran big as what I've always kind of see them possibly looting to when it comes to possible trades that they could do. And who, and you say they've got people to give away. Who would you trade? Well, I, I would probably think more so with like, I've seen Poku who's um, been a lot on a lot of the trade possibilities along with picks just because they have such an abundance of picks. Um, so I think that could be a really good possibility considering too one of the criticisms that are that are possible about Sam Presti is that they do have so many picks, but at some point, you know, how are you going to pay all these? Those have to pay off. Uh, too. How yeah. are you going to pay all these guys that you're possibly getting? So you can also use those picks to that advantage as well. You are more tuned in to the NBA than I am. I uh-huh. certainly pay attention to the Thunder, <clears throat> and you know that's basketball is never a game I played at a high level. <laughs> I was a fouling and rebounder, a fouler and rebounder like back, a, in, hack yeah, a shack, in, back you know? in junior high. <laughs> well, I was a starter, but uh, only because, you know, I had endurance and, and I did I did love the work, yeah. you know, so I would work at it. And so I got a lot of rebounds just because I was working at it. But I think mean, the highest I ever scored in a game was eight. You know, and for me, that was a great game. Hey, there we right? go. That was a great game for me. So it's not its not what I did. I played football, and that was where my early interest lies. Yeah. So when I watch the NBA, I don't watch it with the same nuance probably you do. I'll just admit mm-hmm. that. I don't have that eye. But as I watch it, I think to myself, to me, again, I do. I agree, and I, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to put it in words that good. But, um, see, I can't even say it right. <laughs> but I, I believe the same as you. you. But I don't want to mess up the mix. Yeah. And I do, but I do worry, especially with a guy as as thin as Chet is, if he gets really pounded down, that mm. you definitely have to have that other guy. I mean, take Stephen Adams back in his day. Yeah. You know, you want somebody who plays about like like he did when he was in Oklahoma City, big enough, scoring some, uh, you know, just room in the paint, a mm. body in the paint to take something up down there, and to try to help out. But I just don't know. I Somebody mean, that doesn't need to like stretch the floor the way that they do already now. I mean, mm-hmm. again, like a guy like Chet, he can stretch the floor in so many ways and then score in uh, like so many different places on the court that I wouldn't mind having like a guy like Stephen Adams who mm-hmm. can just bully people down low yep. on, in more ways than just obviously scoring. You know, and to where, to where you mentioned, you know, you say Draymond Green and you're like, you know what? I'd love the skill set minus the attitude. And mm-hmm. you just never know, you know, yeah. with a guy like that. I mean, he's going to have a hard time getting traded, although that could oh, yeah. definitely happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. But part of the story, part of the reason I was talking to the NBA is you had a story about Adam Silver, who, again, every time I see him, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's something about that dude. I don't, you know, if you ever, if you watched Men in Black, then you understand <laughs> Adam Silver is not from this planet, right? I mean, he came yeah. through the portal there. You know, with the, with the men in black, he's you know mm-hmm. he's, he's got a green card somewhere that he can only take one spaceship to leave the Earth. The, the dude just looks at me like looks to me like that. Now, having said that, I think he's done a nice job with the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we I mean we understand that the NFL is way up here when it comes to interest in the United States and everything else yeah. falls fairly well below that. But the NBA has its place, and they have sort of, you know they have their base of fans, their P ones, if you'd call it that maybe among the most rabid in all of sports. Mm. People who love it, I mean, you're watching, you're looking at 45-year-olds wearing basketball jerseys to work, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which, by the way, 
men should, an adult male shouldn't wear someone else's basketball jersey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, and that's a, that's a big no to me. Yeah. Just, you know, you, I do, around, I do love that. Like, cause like, I feel like that's a, a thin line right there. There yeah. are people who are like, you know, oh yeah, it's okay. And then other people are like, no, never, no, no, that's not okay. Never. No, no, no. Some adult, some guy who's in his fifties, little dad bod, and you're trying to wear a Shea jersey to work, you know, God bless you that you're a fan. Yeah. Wear something under that, <clears throat> you know, something substantial, mm-hmm. maybe under that. It's just not a look. I, I, I'm just telling you. I get but it. My, my point is the people who love the NBA may be, maybe, in my opinion, the more passionate about their sport than anyone else is about theirs. Yeah. NBA Twitter is ferocious sometimes. Oh, they, <laughs> they absolutely eat it up and love it. This quote from Adam Silver I thought was really interesting about the game, and I'm going to disagree with him because when I watched the most NBA was the time he's talking about that he didn't like, but tell us the story. So he said he suggested that physical basketball in the 90s was gross to watch in a way. Um, He didn't say that exact quote, but the thing that makes you think that is because he thinks the game is much more aesthetically pleasing now. From, from an offensive perspective. And when you look at some of the numbers recently, think about this. This is the first time, this is from few, last week, the first time in NBA history that there's been two 70-plus performances, 70-plus point performances within a week. So in 13 days, or uh, in 13 days apart back in 1962, Wilt Chamberlain had both, mm-hmm. and, which is just, he's always going to pop up like yep. in, in stats like these, which is just incredible. But Joel Embiid had 70 against San Antonio. Luka Doncic had 73 against Atlanta. So you're seeing much more offense these days. But in terms of aesthetically pleasing, like, yeah, obviously offensively, you know, the game is getting better. But you're still seeing a lot of guys that are similar to Luka or Trey Young or Lillard who also work their way to the foul line or work their way to get call like have certain plays in their arsenal Mm -hmm. that are always going to absorb contact and always get the easy foul calls which can bog the game down in some ways so it's like to to suggest that it's just aesthetically pleasing now because offensively i mean i think that also there is not a lot that's um left to just play with the players there's there's not a whole lot of letting them play especially in the regular season maybe in the playoff it Mm -hmm. gets a little bit rough and more rough and tumble but that's what it kind of got to me is that I understand that the game has some flow that, that seems better because the game is just these guys are just really talented. Mm-hmm. But there's still ways that the game gets bogged down by just touchy fouls and things of that nature. Yeah, there was a time and you're, he's talking specifically about the 90s. Man, I go back to watching in the late 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about, again, watching guys like, um, you know, Willie Willis Reed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Kareem, when he was with Milwaukee, when he first came into the game, Wilt was still playing. Um, John Havlicek in Boston, you know, JoJo White in Boston, uh, Dave Cowens in Boston, guys like that. You know, I'm watching when when guys bullied each other around down low, and it was a physical game. Earl Monroe, Walt Frazier, Dave DeBusher, those people. And there is a flow to the game now because what we've tried to do in every sport is make offense better. We keep changing the baseball, you yeah. know, <laughs> so it'll fly further, right? Or it'll fly less, but generally trying to improve offense. We go with a designated hitter to try to improve offense. We change football to try to increase offensive output and percentage and points because hey, we're going to get bored with games. Well, 
I'm I'm a person personally who loves defense. I mean, you know, I'm the old. I like that old saying: if you score, you may win; if they never score, you will never lose. Defense wins <laughs> championships, <clears throat> and I completely agree. <clears throat> and when you look across the board at championship teams, championship teams score points, but they don't allow many. I mean, it just it's universal. And, and I know that sounds really simple, but honest to goodness, I've said this before: that the two years Tulsa led the the nation in total offense, they didn't win the conference. Man, when they led the nation in total offense, they didn't win the conference. They had a five thousand yard passer, three thousand yard receivers, and a thousand yard rusher, and didn't win the league. They won the it's league when they had the best defense. Yeah, in the story, defense wins championships. And then they had, and they had, and they had a great running game. They won the league. Were they fun to watch? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Paul Smith and Brennan Marion and Charles Clay and and you know and Thompson and, and you know and, and uh, touchdown Trey. All those guys were great yeah. to watch. But they didn't win the league. Now, Paul did win a league with a better you know, defense. But I liked the NBA then, personally. Mm-hmm. I liked when Dave Cowens was muscling you know, Willis Reed inside or they were muscling each other, Wes Unsell from the old Baltimore Bullets. Oh, you can't say that. Uh, and, you know, that the guy with his afro was bigger than his shoulders. And he was really fun to watch. And he, I mean, he was like 6'7 in the post. Saying yeah. Cowens wasn't much bigger. And those guys were fun. Now, I have a problem with the NBA now, and I think that flow, and you're talking about that artistry, is absolutely there. But you're going to tell me that Dr. J wasn't artistic? <clears throat> That's the thing. You know, that, that MJ... Up and under. <laughs> yeah, that MJ wasn't artistic in his day. Darryl, mm-hmm. you know, and even Daryl Dawkins breaking backboards back then was fun to watch. <laughs> so I think, that's, I think that's a little highbrow of him yeah. to say. Is it a fun game? It is. It is, and it is, and it it has been created to create more offense, or it's been morphed to to create more offense and to create higher points and more, and that's fine. But to say the game was, you know, was quote unquote somewhat gross to watch in the nineties, I think is is just horribly misstated. Personally, yeah. I believe that. That's just that's just me. And I'm I'm again, I'm not an NBA P one. I'm by far a football guy first, mm-hmm. um, and probably baseball second. You know, uh, but when it comes to college basketball, then that's different. I'm, and yeah. I don't think college basketball has changed the same way. Yes, it's an yeah. offensive game. It always has been. I mean, but you watch teams play good defense and you see them win games. Yeah. And I, I still think college basketball, in my opinion, hasn't changed as much. Do you agree or disagree? No, I think it's been about the same because I think in NBA especially, too, you're seeing like a lot more spacing on the mm-hmm. court oh, and a God, lot yeah. more individuality there. Whereas college basketball, it seems um, a little bit more, I mean, it's going to sound bad, but it's a little more cluttered, you know, and it's, it's it always, is. it's always <laughs> been that way though. And again, I think there is more of an element when it comes to uh, high intensity on defense and things like that. Yeah. And, and, even you know, even though talking... the game may not be as uh, polished as, as NBA when it comes to offensively and stuff like that, but that's expected. I mean, who yeah. cares? Yeah, because the best players off all those teams are the ones making it to right. the NBA, so <laughs> right. they have that polish. Yeah. So it's like that, that doesn't matter to me. But that I love. But that's what I love about college athletics. A coach is tasked with taking imperfect machines, if you will, players and teams, and making them better. And that is making each of those parts fix fit. You know, if you're going to take one rusted cylinder and try to you know <laughs> put it into an engine, well, that's going to be a problem. It's not yeah. going to run right. You got to figure out a way to fix that, and if you're a really good head coach, you might not be able to make a guy a twenty point score, but you can make him productive in his place, or you can help him be productive in his mm-hmm. place in your team, and that's what great coaches do. Now, 
the Calipari's and, you know, the Coach K's at Duke before he was gone, got the one and dones. And you did, you, I mean, literally, you can't coach those guys much. Right. They're with you a year. And can you indoctrinate them into your system? Some. But you didn't have them come to your school to change them. You had them come to your school to score the points you saw them score in high school. Exactly. They're part of your program for less than a year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and they do that tra- traditionally. Zion did it, although he didn't win him a title. You know, and again, other than the, you know, other than the in the Fab Five at Michigan, uh, which was so many years ago that it's hard to even imagine they were all freshmen. Yeah, that you go to Kentucky's group with Davis and those guys who won a title. Otherwise, mm-hmm. those guys don't generally win titles. It's teams who do. Right. And you know, and you end up with the Joel Embiid's at Kansas, who are great players, but a really good team around them. When Danny Manning and the and the Kansas team beat Oklahoma, which heartbroke all of us, and Billy Tubbs' team, it was because Danny was the best player that night, but he had really good people around him, and they called it Danny the Miracles, yeah. which was fun. That I I really like, and that's why I li- I still like college the college game, and I'm not discounting coaching in the NBA because I think it's a really difficult task to take all the egos, all the salaries, all those people. And somehow oh, make yeah. them come together, and that's one of the reasons I'm a huge Mark Dagnall fan. Too too, too many cooks, right? <laughs> well, it just not necessarily. I mean, if not depending on how you handle it, and he yeah, apparently yeah. has, mm-hmm. and that you get all these guys from, I mean, from Australia and all over the world, and you combine those talents and and make them somehow one humming eight cylinder vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when when you're when you're good at it, it's magic to watch. And considering and it, that their average age is twenty three, like yes. not only not only are you getting those different you know egos, yeah. is they've spent their whole lives truly being the guy and don't haven't really sunk their feet into the NBA. Most of them, you know, and, and, and get yeah. and kind of understanding the league. So that's really impressive. And can can those guys? And they're getting NBA money. So even if you're getting the minimum NBA money, it's NBA money. You're not going to turn it down. Yeah. So even those guys who are not making Shea's money or whoever, you know, and depending, some of these guys on rookie contracts. I saw the I saw the stat yesterday. Here's what Patrick Mahomes will make for the Super Bowl. Here's what Brock Purdy will make for the Super Bowl. Who's <laughs> still in his rookie contract? And it's it's still funny. It's like holy cow. So just stay patient. Exactly. Right. So how many those guys who are making NBA money is the NBA money enough to satiate them and then you know they're working in practice or trying to get better at trying to get on the, on the court <clears throat> so you're young and you're making good money and you'd rather be able to showcase your skills are you ready already to go somewhere else are you ready to yeah. get moved how does a coach keep them happy and we've heard the old statement you don't have enough balls to go around mm-hmm. whether it's football basketball whatever and, and that's why I, I really love college basketball because I think they have to be better at that in taking imperfect pieces and somehow still making the puzzle complete. Yeah. And great coaches do that. And when you see a season when somebody's doing it well, it's magic, in my yeah. opinion. All right, it's 658 on the Blitz, 1170. All right, off my soliloquy or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> Coming up at 710 this morning, Mick Wilson, TPS Athletic Director. So we got to kind of hurry because we're behind here. we got to get to this day in sports history. Bryce will have that next right here on the Blitz. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 
You'll be able to listen to those Oklahoma State Cowboys here in the Blitz as they'll be on the road in Lawrence to take on the 8th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Cowboys haven't won in Allen Fieldhouse since Mike Boynton's first season in 2018. The pregame starts at 7 with an 8 o'clock tip-off. The 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be making the trip up north as well as they'll be at Kansas State to face the Wildcats. Tip-off for that one is at 7. And there's another Big 12 basketball game tonight that includes a matchup of ranked teams as 15th-ranked Texas Tech will be at 25th-ranked TCU. That one tips off at 6 o'clock. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming the Blitz 1170 app.